Greetings. Hello, hello. How does that feel when I say greetings to I was you? just about to say, get that greeting out of your mouth, Lauren. Uh, I'm so sorry. I, I should say, good evening. Much better. As again, I have been watching The Crown, so I should just adopt my Eng- preferred English accent. What, what episode are you on? Good evening. Um, season three, episode five. Okay, so did I, you did you see the episode about the mining town? Yes. That one was like one of my favorites in like the saddest way. Very, very good. I will say season three on the whole has been a disappointment. Right. I think I was very attached to Claire Foy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I I think that it's just difficult. Like it's just not, I'm not as attached to the cast anymore. I mean, yeah, it's really hard to switch casts. I think also the politics are not as exciting. I hate exactly. to say. Agreed. Like the storylines are pretty boring mm-hmm. and nothing compares to Ma- Margaret's romance. Margaret's romances, her dalliances as a young woman are just incredible to watch. The scene where they take off on the motorcycle and Vivaldi's like Four Seasons plays. I've like been listening to, not to sound totally snobbish, but here I go. Um, I've been listening to for like that portion of Four Seasons all week long. And like every time I'm listening to it, it has this like momentous feeling to it. And like I might just be like, picking things out of my rug or you know just doing menial house chores but like the minute that that song comes on my shuffle like what I'm doing feels momentous and super important mm-hmm. and critical to my development yeah. and like wow this is a part of me being a person in the world right now is like you know me wiping off the counters with dish soap it's amazing how any sort of a classical soundtrack just gives such gravitas to any of the most mundane of scenes instantly instantly gives you instantly. gravitas absolutely yeah. highly recommend uh. folks Well, I will say, even though The Crown, for me, is going a little bit downhill, I am fully, fully diving headfirst into a royal obsession. Really? Okay. Very much so. Like, I think we were, like, more so than you were before? Correct. I watched a documentary about Princess Diana last night before bed. I am halfway through Finding Freedom. Um, (laughs) Are you going to return Finding Freedom to Amazon after this? Absolutely. No, okay. I will not. I will not. Um, I also bought the biography about Diana, Diana in her, in her own words. Okay. Okay. Yep. That were based on the interviews she did. What's interesting about Finding Freedom is that the authors have access to Megan and Harry, which I didn't realize that it's basically an authorized biography, not officially, but it is. Finding Freedom is. Yes. Right. And, but that's similar to Diana in her own words. So she did all these recordings or voice interviews that were recorded so that a biography could be written about her that told the truthful account and that was published while she was still alive so I didn't realize the royals actually did work with biographers and authors to publish books right although they never go on the record and say they're approved so anyway I'm learning all sorts of tidbits so then it's like you got to take it with a grain of salt because they've like been able to you know make sure it's you know, according to their narrative, if you will. Oh my gosh. Well, definitely. There's a part of you that has to know that this is very much a sugar-coated. It's very much their side of the story. Yeah. And from that end, it's ridiculous, Chandler. Any key learnings? Well, they for I'll get to key learnings in a second, but they talk about Meghan Markle like she is, I don't want to say the second coming and be sacrilegious, but like she is the best thing that has ever happened to planet Earth in female form. It is astonishing. Right. Like every description about her is like she is a goddess and she is this perfect person who before any event would study for hours so she'd be <laughs> ultra prepared and how she was just... As a child, she was so deeply grateful for the fact that her parents sacrificed to send her to private school that she took her schooling so much more seriously right, right, than the other kids. Every detail about her life is so incredibly syrupy and ridiculous. Like, even to they, he describes her breakfast and how Harry had to acclimate to what a healthy eater she is. <gasps> do you want to guess what her the first thing she she consumes upon waking is? Like a half a grapefruit? No. This is the classic beverage of all un- of every annoying woman. Celery alive. juice? Nope. Even worse. Hot, hot water, water with lemon. lemon. I, I fucking knew it. Hot water. What? Hot water with lemon? I, I 
If you tell me that the first thing you drink in the morning is hot water with lemon, all I know is that you might have hot water and lemon in you, but you're really full of shit. Oh, because a hundred percent. Who actually drinks that? If someone tells me they drink first thing in the morning, hot water with lemon, I'm going to tell them to get a job because anyone with a real job or a real hard job does not wake up in the morning to then, you know, rush off to their kettle to then spritz a half a wedge into a, a brimming mug. It's like, no, you get coffee. You get that caffeine in your bloodstream so that you can roll out of bed for your nine o'clock meeting and look semi-human. Yes, we all wish that adulthood meant waking up, hearing the sounds of the birds, awakening, lifting your oh eyelids, seeing an orchard in front of you outside the window, watching the dew, the dewiness on the leaves as you sip hot water with lemon. That is not reality. No. Reality is stumbling to the espresso machine, sipping it in and drinking in the dark abyss that is being alive in the world. Right. Exactly. And just trying to steal yourself against all the crap you have to do that day. It's literally, it's the 8.52, like I've been having standing 9 a.m. meetings for a a project that I'm on. And it's like, I get my coffee by about 8.52. And then by about 8.54, I'm feeling Mm semi-human. And then it's literally just the bleary-eyed, fumbling to your computer, trying to not sound groggy as you, yeah, just brace yourself for another day. For me, it's like I can't even imagine drinking hot water with lemon and then feeling like, okay, I'm going to drink this hot water with lemon and then what? I'm going to sip it and then I'll make coffee once this 10-minute experience is over? Like how do you get through the first 10 minutes of your day? Absolutely not. I also don't understand hot water with lemon in the sense that hot water takes so long to become hot water. Like, I need coffee or a beverage instantly. Instantly. And and you know the assholes that say they drink hot water with lemon? They wouldn't use a microwave. So it's, of course, a kettle. It's a kettle. And I'm like, that takes like like seven or eight minutes, okay? And then the water's too hot. Mm -hmm. You burned your tongue. Exactly. And then it's it's hot and acidic. So you have to wait until it cools back down again. You're not getting coffee until at least an hour into your day. And that is just not an existence I'm interested in. It's also just not realistic. No one does it. Because also, spoiler alert, hot water with lemon tastes like hell. Does not taste good. It's like something I would rinse my hands in. I remember every time I was reading an article about a celebrity and like what they ate in a day, it would, oh, it's always hot water with lemon. The first thing. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's an indication that you're about to read a bunch of lies. Yeah. Whatever the truth, if you will. Whatever the truth. Oh, this is so funny. I, I think I've already told the story about in the podcast, but, um, I just remember one time, I, I don't know if I did or not. So I just remember one time a friend of mine, he introduced me to a girl who modeled for Victoria's Secret and she was doing cocaine and right as one does when you're a Victoria's Secret model yeah well we were together we were together for probably about 12 hours and anyway there was an article in Vogue about her diet and basically how she stayed slim or whatever and she was just like I love kale I love my kale garden I drink hot water with lemon it's just all bs it's all bs you smoke cigarettes you do cocaine that's how you get like the Victoria's Secret Kate Moss body we're the canaries in the coal mines here to tell you the truth. And it's just, it's so annoying that they peddle this to regular folk like us as like right. some sort of lifestyle that we can have. We can't have it. If someone were to deliver hot water with lemon to my bedside every morning at the perfect temperature, like a kid's hot water temperature, fine. I could do that. Fine. fine. I Sure, I'd chug it down on the way to the espresso machine. Easy. <laughs> easy but otherwise hell no miss not a chance miss me with that bullshiz okay do you want to hear some items i am learning chandler yes i would like to hear more some more key takeaways and then i would like to promptly tear them apart okay so megan markle did you know what her first acting gig was Mm, was she like a team like did she do something pre no no dealer no because of course she uh, valued her parents advice oh she was so earnestly, she got a college education before she was she acted. too busy being grateful to take any acting jobs. Exactly. <laughs> it, no, I'm sorry, but the coverage of her is ridiculous. I'm sure she's a really wonderful, nice person, but no one is that much of a saint. No one even drinks hot water with lemon. Who are we kidding? Like, I didn't start to feel grateful for my braces until two years ago. Like, up until I was 23, I was just like, I can't believe you guys put me in braces. Like, that's literally so rude. And then you turn 20, you get to your 20s, and you're like, oh, that was actually, like, four grand. Thanks. 
Oh, this is that this is what they said in college. She like was in theater. She was a double major. She worked two jobs and it was like friends would constantly approach her and say, "I have no idea how you do it, Meg." And she would constantly say, "Like my parents work so hard and I'm just so grateful to be here." Like it's ridiculous. It doesn't actually sound like her parents are paying for it if she has to work two jobs. I'm just going to point that out. Yeah, I I mean, it's all shady. But okay, so her first acting job was an extra in a Tori Amos music video. Oh, okay, okay. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. What song? I don't... You uh, love Tori Amos. I used to love Tori Amos. I was definitely a Tori Amos kind of teenager, which should tell you everything you need to know. I'm surprised you're still listening to this podcast after learning that fact. (laughs) Um, she starred in that. I'm not sure the song. It seemed like a kind of a a B track for sure. But then a Tostitos commercial was her next big hit. Wow. I know. Well, that sounds like more of a moneymaker than the Tori Amos music yeah. video, TBH. Yeah, absolutely. When I, you know what's funny? I was think, recently thinking about your childhood and or mainly your teenage angsty years with music. And I always think about the song Torn. Like that oh. the song Torn feels like the perfect encapsulation of like all the inks that you have like bathroom floors like crying Just lying naked on the bathroom floor yes yeah. literally absolutely that that's how I spent this all a decade of my life yeah I, I did share that bathroom with life. you I did share that bathroom with you and it was pretty uh inconvenient not gonna lie yes apologies I'm a little bit um I think that song single-handedly got a generation through every breakup oh Definitely. A generation of young women through every breakup. A generation, truly. (laughs) Uh, Well, anyway, also interesting. She really doesn't have any acting credits of note other than Suits. Right, which was like just a sitcom. Beloved, but just, you know. Yeah, just like a a cable television show. Right. She was was good. It wasn't The Crown or Succession, I dare say. I dare say. Which is just interesting because, you know... She's come a long way to her mansion in Montecito. She wasn't like this, like a lister. No, in she my was opinion, not. Chandler. Also, did you know that Harry and Meghan's favorite movies? Do you know what their favorite filmmaker is? I don't know. Somebody everybody likes. Disney. Oh my gosh! Apparently, this is when they so were first cringe. dating. Tucked away <gasps> in in Kensington Palace in his like apartment, they watched Moana. The Little Mermaid. No. Yes, yes. And The Lion King, Prince Harry's personal favorite. That is is not that's that's not not a joke. That did not happen. That did not happen. I want everyone to know that this is a lie. This is a lie. They have given interviews and talked about it. Like this is not a lie. So it is the most ridiculous fact of all time. They're actually kind of cringe. Oh, so I think must be super cringe. That's crazy because he has so much BDE for for me that it's just shocking that he comes with a side of cringe. I mean, he's extremely romantic. From the stuff I've read in this book, he's extremely romantic, buys her gifts all the time. Like, she says she likes a piece of jewelry. Suddenly, he's surprising her with it. Like, he's, like, extremely, like... He does better than uh, William giving Kate the set of binoculars? Apparently, yes. You know, Megan might never be queen, but she gets much better gifts than Kate. (laughs) The Disney stuff is a deal breaker for me. Like... Honestly, if a guy... Oh, stop. Stop, stop. I'm going to stop you in your tracks right there. Really. I'm pretty sure that you would avidly watch Cinderella and Snow White again with Prince Harry on your arm. Ew, it's so gross. It's like we're living in a fairy tale. We have a real life fairy tale. (laughs) I'm throwing up. And actually, if if I was dating someone who was royalty and who liked Disney movies, that would be like so gross and meta. I actually feel sick thinking about it. It's probably... He can relate to it because he's like, and all the other movies, they don't live in castles like we do. <laughs> he just instantly becomes like seven. These people are just like us, Megan. <laughs> Their homes look like our homes. <laughs> Their grannies rule the kingdoms. <laughs> it's just wild because, she, you know, she's always been portrayed as this like wild girl. Like he's a wild party boy. Like Really? I just, I don't, I don't, I think this is a lie perpetrated by the the far right. Well, the the far right. (laughs) The book glosses over his moments of having schoolboy rebellions. Like, you're telling me that Prince Harry hasn't done coke a million times. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I just, he seems like a total, like, clubby, cokey guy. 
who's like reformed to like love this woman but like i don't think he watches disney movies i mean what i think is very very interesting is king edward the eighth abdicated the throne and then king george the sixth became the next king right and king king uh edward the eighth he was extremely like passionate and like oh just like he he abdicated because he wanted to marry a socialite in the u.s wallace simpson who was just like this glittering personality and he he gave up the the throne to mary wallace simpson who he loved to the end of his life they have like a beautiful love story he gave up his whole family he could never go back and live in the uk again he was completely ostracized he wasn't even invited to uh queen elizabeth's wedding or her coronation he gave up everything for wallace simpson so but he was like the very passionate romantic brother then king george the sixth his younger brother he takes the throne he you know is very lives a very duty-bound life and his daughter queen elizabeth the second she takes the throne is obviously like such a responsible duty-driven person her sister princess margaret is extremely romantic passionate right passion fueled mm-hmm. and then you look at prince harry mm-hmm. and william and prince william and it's the same thing like one is so incredibly duty-bound irresponsible and the other is like completely wild so it makes you wonder like well obviously with king edward that he was in line to become the king but he still didn't care but like you know williams william and elizabeth both grew up well i guess elizabeth didn't know she was going to be queen because her father died unexpectedly right she knew she was heir apparent when he was king but she thought she had like 20 or 30 more right right yeah 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 he got like sick but william has always known that he was going to be king Correct. Correct. And that's, and that manifested like very different ways that they were raised. Like apparently Prince William would go in for private lessons with the queen from a very young age. Right. And the mantle responsibility was put upon him basically from the moment he was born. Whereas Prince Harry has always kind of been like a little bit like they, people like Prince Harry, they are, I I don't know about people like Prince Harry, but if you don't have like a specific role, but you're supposed to be a senior member of the royal family. It's kind of like the worst of both worlds because mm-hmm. you don't have any freedom to make a life of your own no. and to really live your own identity. But then you also don't have any real true responsibilities. You have like no purpose, basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And But then so- you also just like kind of get all, like none of the pressure and all the perks. You could also look at it like that. Totally, totally. And I definitely think that you can't understate the amount of perks. Okay. I go back and forth a lot because I just do think that it would be really hard to feel like you had no freedom within your own life. And also Buckingham Palace looks really dreary. To it looks inside. really dreary. I'm also like, I don't think it's like all that updated. Like it's it's, it's got to be kind of like old and musty. I'm not going to lie. My thoughts exactly. Like, I wouldn't want to live there. I feel bad for them because they have to probably keep it that way for historical significance or whatever. Like, they can't ha- get, like, a gorgeous marble kitchen no. island. Buckingham Palace needs, like, a fresh set of sheets from Parachute. Mm-hmm. All new furniture from, like, you know, West Elm or CB2. I mean, I would say it needs to – I would say let's, let's go beyond West Elm and CB2 for Buckingham Palace. and But it needs a complete redesign. I mean, CB2 is the nicest furniture brand that I know of uh, in my, my poor sphere. But I would like to see them living actual, lavish, modern lives right. and not living in, like, kind of more sad, antiquated environments. Yeah. I mean, some of it's gorgeous and ornate. But, wait, this is my real question. Yeah. Let's just say we didn't have four other siblings. It was just the two of us, okay? Mm-hmm. Who do mm-hmm. you think is more the Harry and who's more the William? Of the two of us? Mm-hmm. You all recently asked me who was more Margaret and who was more Elizabeth. And then I conceded that we were both Margarets. Yeah, that was a nice concession, even yeah. though you know the truth. <laughs> Here's the thing. Unfortunately for you, I have the best sides of both worlds. Oh, really? Yeah, because I, while I'm extremely passionate and romantic, um, uh, I am also extremely dantological. I'm extremely duty-driven and duty-bound, and I understand the seriousness of, bound? of the duty mantle. Duty-bound? I understand what the mantle of history on your shoulders feels like. <laughs> what? particular way I, I mean i just am re- would be ready to rise to the occasion and i would understand the importance of since the, the girl occasion. who who whose integrity goes about as far as returning ant books back to amazon after I, she's read them i okay chandler How's I, don't that you, I, not, I don't you. know why you insist on bringing up the past but it's that kind of <laughs> immaturity that would not lend itself well to the throne 
Wow. Okay, so what do you th- what do you think? Oh, I like know I'm a Margaret and I'm a Harry. I just like I don't care. <laughs> I do you so do you think that you would abdicate the throne? Uh 100% I would abdicate the throne. Thank you for asking. Um I'm uptight, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm duty bound. So I'm just like uptight in like a whole other fun way. So the worst of all worlds, really. Exactly. You're uptight. I also don't, don't. I don't care enough to carry on like the mantle of history. Like I just would like to, you know, be able to party all the time. Oh, that's disturbing. Well, at least I'm honest. At least you're honest with yourself. That's true. Speaking of homes that are so shockingly not updated, can we talk about Paris Hilton's house and also the Paris Hilton documentary? Yes, Lauren. I'm ready to discuss it because there was so much to take in. I I don't know where to start. Here's where I will start. I feel like it is always astonishing to me how many extremely wealthy people live in very dated homes for for pure lack of will to update them. They, I mean... Money's not an issue. My pet peeve are, is seeing super wealthy people use their money to buy terrible furniture and leave their houses to basically look like, you know, 2002 tract homes. Paris Hilton's house reminded me a lot of Britney Spears' interior. Yes, totally. Super dated, tons of like black carpet. Like what? Who has black carpet? Lots of lots of light oak. Mm-hmm. But, I'm not even but sure not in like that... a beautiful sand oak. No. It's, it was just more like, like yellowy it's like that oak. Yellow, yeah, yeah. that yellow yep. oak. That was like the same banister Nick Lachey and Jessica Simpson. Totally, had totally. In 2004. Oh, I so mean, her int- room. Her room looks like it was done in a Home Goods Paris section, like where you just get everything that's possibly Paris themed from Marshalls and Home Goods. Her house seemed like it was built, or at least her decor and the way she functions within her space seems to avoid natural light at all costs. No matter what, <laughs> there will not be like a beautiful big window. <laughs> there will not be a ray of natural light no. coming into her home. It's just glass and mirrors and, and black crisp- carpet. And like, yeah, and bedazzled surfaces. It's so bad. And so moving on from her truly depressing house and its lack of style and updated design and look, just anything. She could have had an updated bedspread, just like anything besides the black carpet. Anyways, moving on from all that to her outfits throughout the entire documentary. There was not one outfit that I saw on her that I was like, oh, I would like that. I want a piece of that. Like, I do not understand the way she dresses. I think that Paris Hilton is very clear, much clearly in her own world, almost in the same way Michael Jackson became in his, in his own world. Yeah. Like they're completely removed from anything modern mm-hmm. somehow. And I they know. Have, it's like and she's, they are just, they're caricatures in their own environments. Like, like she's permanently wearing like boot cut yoga pants. Like when's the last time any of y'all wore boot cut yoga pants? She's still in Juicy Couture sweatsuits. She admitted she just likes to be in her sweatsuits. But it's not even good, funny, cute, ironic matching sets. It's black boot cut, hardtail, terry cloth. Terry cloth. And it's really the boot cut sweatpants that did me in. And then it's a hoodie and then it's a fingerless gloves. I don't understand it. Everything about it is beguiling. But it made for, I would say, actually a very enjoyable hour and 40 minutes. You told really? me to move slowly. Yes. You told me to move slowly, but I actually enjoyed every second. Okay. I would like to just fully call you out on that being a lie because you called me during it and you said, did you watch the whole thing? And I said, <laughs> yes. And then you said, it's just moving really slow. No, that's not true. I called you when I saw how long it was and I asked you. <laughs> I was not, I hadn't watched it yet. And I called you and you said, it moves really slow, but you'll like it. Or you said, it moves really slow, but you have to get through it. I watched the whole thing. I actually, I had a similar moment with my two friends who I watched it with last night, Tara and Julie. We got like 25 minutes in and we hit the remote and then we saw that there was like another hour and 15 and we were all like, oh, okay. This one really does go on. (laughs) My favorite part was not the part about the trauma. It was about, it was everything else. Just watching her be a DJ, watching her like move throughout her various environments. Totally. That was very interesting to me. Yeah. I really enjoyed the stuff with her mom about about, like her grandfather. And I didn't know any of that truly. Mm -hmm. I thought the stuff with her sister was interesting. I think her sister, I don't know. Her sister is not my cup of tea. I'm going to be honest. 
her sister married a Rothschild Mm -hmm. and is just killing it. Nikki, I think, is very beautiful, and I really like Nikki. Really? You really like Nikki? I really like Nikki. I don't know. She just seemed to be very hard on Paris, which I I think she she admitted to being hard on Paris. It's just, there's something about her that just does not sit right with me. I disagree. She seemed like a very centered realist and calling Paris on everything, saying she was addicted to drama. Oh, that part was good. Okay, so for those who haven't watched, I'm just going to give a quick overview of what the documentary covers. I won't give anything away. Actually, I'm going to give everything away. So spoiler alert, we're going to talk about everything that happens in the documentary. If you don't want to hear about it, scrub through. I think we can, it's safe to say that everyone knows what happens in the documentary. See, I don't think really people no know spoiler. about what the specific trauma is. Well, maybe they do, but I didn't know about it. I was like, what, what's this trauma going to be? Spoilers to come, people. Spoilers to come. Okay. Basically, we, we go through her current existence, and she starts to unpack why she is the way she is and why she has so many issues. And should we characterize what her persona is or why she is the way she is? Yeah, go ahead. Well, it just seems she seems to have a real issue with intimacy or connecting with people. I think tr- she's had many abusive relationships. Yeah, like she's just very I troubled mean, and she's a workaholic, obsessed with working, never stops working. Obsessed with making a billion dollars. She literally said I want to make a billion dollars. She seems to be at all times wanting to distract herself from reality or wanting to, sh- to to be distracted. She never wants to go on a vacation. She never wants to relax. She always just wants to be very busy and making money. So that's kind of sum it up, Chan. Oh, and also she has this whole persona that is like this very high-pitched voice, kind of dumb valley girl. And it's this persona that she can't seem to let go of and disassociate yeah. from. And she falls back into constantly. Well, I think so. My, yeah, all that's correct. I feel like Paris Hilton only enjoys or is constantly seeking like the state of mind that is Paris Hilton. Like she only wants to go to events and do like her DJing like she's just not ever comfortable being just like Paris or just like a person or a woman she wants to be Paris Hilton all the time at all times exactly Mm -hmm. that's a really good way of putting it Chandler you're so astute thank you if not fit for the crown if (laughs) no what did I say I would abdicate I'm abdicating Lauren Chandler abdicating saying you abdicate the throne that's literally like saying oh if I was going to be president of the United States I would blow the place up or something I'm lazy I want to abdicate you can't say that it's like treasonous oh abdicate baby okay so back to the doc so we basically we see her like go through all these events my friend brought brought up an interesting point that I think the reason they showed her events in South Korea is because everyone in South Korea are very obsessed with Paris Hilton and like her blonde hair and just like her whole blonde Barbie look. And I don't think she would have had that same translation. I don't think she would have had a bazillion fans waiting for her if she just went to a mall in, you know, Glendale or something. No, absolutely. Her time in the spotlight, her A-list status is no longer in the U.S., but she's still very much an A-lister in Definitely. a lot of parts but of the world. But she doesn't have... Right, but she doesn't have, like, crowds waiting for her at the airports here. Like, maybe she did at one point in her life. Her A-list status has diminished in the U.S., and she's no longer on the front pages. She's no longer the it girl. She's very much somewhat of a has-been, I would say, in the U.S. She's not in the limelight as much anymore. She's not at the top of her career in the U.S., but in other parts of the world, she's still an iconic A-list celebrity. Right, right. 100%. So that was just like interesting. And the voice thing, 100% spot on. She fully changes her voice when she's like being Paris Hilton. And then when she's actually just being a a normal woman, she like has a pretty like deep voice, not like in a Luann way or not that there's even a bad. She has in her real life. A normal voice. Yeah. In her real life, she's like a normal voice. But like when she's being Paris, she's so. Hi. It's. And then, okay, it's when with, she did baby talk with her, with her boyfriend, do you remember that? I don't remember that. Anyways, part. do you want to talk about her boyfriend? Uh, I'm sure they're not together. They broke up. And yeah, the, the guy. That's just like it features one of a guy she was seeing, and that part was like really heartbreaking. I think that basically this guy is in her life, and he's just like this idiot. He's like drunk at 
her Tomorrowland set, which is like a very big deal. And he like can't get it together. And she like ends up having to cut off his wristbands because he like won't leave her alone. He's like literally following her upstage and security is trying to keep him back. And I think that moment when she goes out on stage and is DJing and I'm just, you're just seeing like literally all this SHIT that she just had to like leave behind her to just go out and perform. I think I realized how lonely her life is. And how sad it is to date or to try and have a normal relationship. Yeah, extremely isolating. It's like you can't, you really don't have other people who can relate to your life at all. No. And Mm -hmm. men will just let you down. And I think there's a little bit of a double standard there where if you're a guy dating someone and you're super powerful or you're, you know, very wealthy or you're very famous, there's a, a power dynamic where you could date someone who is more normal and they would just look at you admiringly. Exactly. But if you're a woman and you do that, I can understand as a woman, you would want to date someone you're equal at least. And so you date these people that can't relate to you at all. It's just very hard to find someone who you would admire, yep. who you would not feel like um, more successful then, which is a weird thing to say, but I think that is a, a it, it's more isolating for a woman to be dating from a very successful position. A thousand percent. When she talked about how every time she stops a relationship, she has to get a new computer and she has all of these MacBooks stacked up and she, they're in Ziploc baggies. Yeah, it was, her, ho- it was, it was almost ho- hoarder status. Yeah, her, she did. Like in the later part of the documentary, her jewelry and her clothes, everything looked really broke, to be honest. I just was really disorganized. And t- anyways, I just found that part which, when she just discussed how she has to get rid of her laptops after every relationship because guys will like, hack into them and she's had laptops thrown at her. Yeah. Okay, well, getting to the heart of it, how right. did you feel about the actual trauma? Okay, I felt like the actual trauma, like the Venn diagram of my life and Paris Hilton's life was pretty thin. Like I had obviously my run-in with her as an 11-year-old when I said that stuff about her in the newspaper. But up until mm-hmm. this point, like, we didn't really have much overlap. But then finding out that she went to a be- correctional teen behavioral center in none other than Provo, Utah, for, Where like, multiple spent- years. She was there for 11 months, I believe. Really? She d- I think. I think. She- I guess she was in. I think she was in other camps, though. Like, she went to other camps, too. For in sure. Utah. But maybe she was only at the Provo one for, like, a year. I looked up where it is. And mm-hmm. it's, like, just 10 minutes south of BYU. It's actually in more, like, Mapleton, Spanish Fork area. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, at least on Google Maps. Okay, so what's so interesting about this is I am ashamed to admit that when I heard about this, I was ready to really discount her sob story because I just felt like, oh, gosh, come on, get over it, whatever. But then I was reading reviews of the school, and people, like, have written reviews, and these were written well before, like, years Reviews are written years ago, mm-hmm. basically saying, I went to the school 10 years ago. My parents made me go there and I still wake up with nightmares. This is like very much a common story. Oh, yeah. People exit these schools and they're traumatized for life. Lauren and I have family members who have gone to schools like this. And what they do what to get you to these schools, like literally the process is kidnapping you in, in the, the middle, middle of night. the night. I actually remember hearing about a family member of ours who had that happen and not being shocked by it and as an adult like thinking about the fact that my number one fear as a child was getting kidnapped and the fact that they like basically simulate that it's so crazy to me yeah I mean mom always not always but mom would reference schools like that and tell us about them and it never struck me as that that's a horrible thing or wrong thing to do it was always like yep troubled kids that's what you got to do mm-hmm. that's what it takes to reform them like I never saw the air in those ways and it's what's interesting is they always said they kidnap you in the middle of the night basically because otherwise you want, would never go you would never go but then you think if they have four big men that are going to take away this one teenager they can do that by turning on the lights in the room and the mom and dad saying you're going with these people you know not you don't scaring need, you to death right. you don't need to be awoken by someone physically grabbing you and taking you Like, that is so beyond traumatizing. Beyond traumatizing, yeah. And I was, even as she started to talk about it, there was, like, a part of me that was, like, well, she was going to clubs at 15. She was sneaking out of the house. At some point as a parent, you're, like, I don't know what else to do. Like, I can't literally, I would have to handcuff myself to my child. Right, right. And so it's just, it's a really 
it's a really hard problem to have a teen like this. My heart kind of broke for her mom because obviously they had like they didn't have an idea that she was like I mean when I when she talked about being fed medication that was really scary to me. It's one thing to make kids like go out to the wilderness and do some manual labor. It's another thing to like make them like take medicine that they don't need. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it was just it's all crazy that it's all happening in Utah and it's a mega industry. I have heard about a lot of wilderness style camps like that where they take you out and they basically like you survive in the wilderness. Uh-huh. And I always feel like the stories and listeners, let me know if I'm totally off on this, but I always felt like the stories of people coming out of those were always positive. Like people like spent a lot of time in nature. They learned to be self-reliant. They learned to be really grateful for their modern conveniences. And kids were totally transformed by those experiences. But like the essential prisoner situation in these solitary confinement where you're naked yeah, I what? mean, they, they're actually well, they're, just tort. They're not teaching you like to survive and no. to empower yourself. They're just torturing you. Both programs are designed to break you, if you will, in different ways. And one mm-hmm. is through like actually being like a person out in the outdoors and like having to like deal with the rigors of nature. And then another mm-hmm. one is literally psychological torture. Right. Yeah. And it's just it's crazy. Like throughout the whole documentary, and especially when she talks about the school, she always refers to it as Provo. Mm-hmm. And I know it was just it was eerie because I just know Provo as like the town according to why I live in and like where I went to school. And then just I hear it so many times coming out of Paris Hilton's <laughs> mouth was like very strange. Uh, ha- having her reference it as essentially a, a dark prison was hilarious. It was given that we share so many warm memories of that place. Yeah, totally. So it's interesting. So interesting. And I think just really sad because it is really sad to see that so many kids are just completely traumatized by those experiences. Right. I I don't know. I think like I maybe had a more black and white idea of like tough love. Mm -hmm. And after seeing that, I'm like, oh, that's so awful. It truly traumatizes you for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to say about that documentary? No, other than I recommend it, just it's definitely worth the watch. And I hope she, I want her to be successful. I was like apathetic about her now. And now I really want her to be like totally successful. And I want all nothing but good things for her. Yeah, I feel, I feel very supportive of Paris Hilton Incorporated. I also want to say though, that there were a few references to her being a low-key genius. Oh my gosh. Which I think were a little ridiculous. I mean, who are we to say that she's not? But I was like rolling my eyes at those. <laughs> yeah, there was a certain, st- there's like this like very low key storyline that was alluded to several times throughout the film about how she's actually like very brilliant and like extremely smart. And one of her classmates talks about how she at one point starts talking about economic theory at Provo with just the level of articulation right. you expect from an MIT professor. It was just a little bit ridiculous. That was yeah. the one part that I was side eyeing. Yeah, definitely don't know if I totally buy into that, but maybe. But she does seem like a broken, hollow shell of a person. Mm-hmm. And so... Oh, someone else was saying she wears sunglasses because she looks so, like, dead in her eyes. Interesting, yeah. It's very clear that she is a broken person to this day and is stunted in many ways. And that her sister is very much, like, a healthy, well-adjusted person. And I could see that... I could see this very traumatic year-long experience being the cause of that yeah yeah because things just like really negative experiences like that they do change you there's this one quote i i like and i won't try to reiterate it now because i'll just butcher it it's a jory graham poem actually and the poem basically says you you have something happen to you and you want to go back to before but what you don't you never get to go back to before all you get at the end is to be changed and I think that's interesting just about life. Like, really, if something really, truly negative happens to you, yeah, you can rise above it. You can still have an, an amazing life and, like, a great life. But ultimately, those things really do impact a person. And it's interesting. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason it's, like, trauma. It's, you can't really move past it ever. Yeah, exactly. I think that the, I think that's a, that's interesting. You you never get to go back into the garden of innocence. You never wow. get to go back into the garden of innocence. Garden of Garden of Eden of, of innocence. The, no, the garden of innocence. The garden of Eden of innocence. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
<laughs> Truly. On a less innocent note. Yes. I I have just have a confession to make. Oh, no. Did something <laughs> that is slightly ridiculous. But I just wanted to try it out because I, yeah, I wanted to try it out. Essentially, Lauren and I are bargain shoppers. We like discounts. We like a promo code. We like 15% off. A cool 40 is always nice. A cool 40 is incredible. It's incredible. And then, you know, you can sometimes couple it with like free shipping or yeah. Lauren, I know you have some methods for getting discount codes. Are you willing to share those on the pod? Absolutely. So friends, I'm not ashamed to admit, I am ashamed to admit, but I will admit that I will frequently try to guess discount codes. (laughs) There's so many promo codes that are the same that go across all websites just because people are not that imaginative or they don't use computer generated random codes because you can't you can never guess those. But you know what? It's always worth trying a welcome 10, a sorry 15, a sorry 10, a um, a welcome 20, a whatever the brand name is. I always go with fam. I try fam and then a number fam 15. Oh, interesting. Because what I, oh, I've never done just fam itself. I will always take the brand name. Mm-hmm. So if the brand name is Rebecca Taylor, I'll do Rebecca Taylor Family or Rebecca Taylor Fam. That got 30% off at Rebecca Taylor wow. for like three or four years. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So Doan Fam is a classic one that we used that got 30% off. So it's a true moment of triumph when you guess an excellent discount code. And I want to empower all my listeners to try. Kagan tells me that this is actually illegal and <laughs> some sort of a high level fraud. So hopefully I don't land in jail and this this podcast isn't, you know, admitted Jeopardized. Into right. I just hope this podcast is never admitted into evidence at some point, but here we are. Well, I'm just gonna come clean about how I have recently obtained a promo code. Okay. okay. I love Buffy Comforters. My mom got us all them for got us all uh, a Buffy comforter. My mom got us all a Buffy comforter for Christmas a few years, few years ago, and I instantly loved it. So I'm a big fan of the brand. And I recently wanted to just try out. I, I have another one of their comforters, and I wanted to try out some of their sheets. But I'm like, I don't want to pay full price. And no. I just know that some like millennial copywriter is just sitting behind their customer service desk and it has nothing better to do than to make me a promo code. So I got inventive. And oh I I emailed them, first of all, to talk. I, I had a real reason to chat with them. I wanted to know how to launder when uh, I didn't want to go to the dry cleaner. So I said, hey, how do I use, how do I put my comforter through the washer? And then they're like, blah, 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 bleh, hang dry. And then I'm like, thanks so much. Big fan of the brand. I'm also a big fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Do you guys have any special promo codes for fans? <laughs> Wait, What? The brand is obviously called Buffy. Well, obviously, but why would they have a special promo code for a viewer or a fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Buffy the Vampire I don't know. Like, maybe they would. Maybe they're they're like, oh, I I love Casper Mattress, and I also love Casper the Friendly Ghost. The iconic film, film, can I get a promo code? What? I'm actually going to read you the the exact email because I just think it's no skin off of these customer service people to, like, get – get a promo code. So basically, let me read it to you. So I said, this is what I, this is exactly what I said. This is how I obtained this promo code. Hello, I have your original Buffy Cloud from years ago and still love how soft it is. Now it's a bit old and I want to get a duvet cover to freshen it up. Sorry, it was a duvet cover, not sheets. Is the duvet cover the same material as the cloud? I just don't want to lose out on softness. Thank you, Chandler. P.S. Is there a discount for Buffy the Vampire, Super, Buffy the Vampire Slayer super fans? Question mark. And That's ridiculous. Do you know it's what so I got back? And so ridiculous. Why? It's so bad. I got back this response from Tanisha. She says all the stuff about how to wash my stuff or like about the duvet cover. And then she says, as a thank you for your support, please use soft 20 for, to save $20 off your next order with Buffy. We're also big fans of Buffy the Vampire Slayer ourselves. Wow. That's <laughs> incredible. That's actually genius and i bow down to you in this moment it's so shameless (laughs) oh my gosh i mean if this doesn't convince like anyone listening that we need like a sponsor i don't know what like this is a new level of desperation even for me 
Wow. Wow. I'm verklempt. I'm speechless. <laughs> Anyways. I, it reminds me of the time when I, it was probably 2016. Everlane probably debuted as a brand in 2012 or 2013. And I was into it at the beginning. And I remember I probably had, I've deleted my Instagram many times. Okay. In full. But there was one time when I had 2,000 followers back in the day. And I remember I emailed them like five years ago. And I said, hey, big fan of the brand. If you guys send me a beanie or something, I'll post the dopest picture. Are like, you joking me? I'm not you, kidding. You like were trying to be an influencer. I was like trying to be an influencer. If you send me a beanie? Stuff. Yeah, a beanie or a t-shirt or whatever. Everybody and I just like, make beanies. Like, Yes, they did. And oh. I, or actually, I said, if you send me a t-shirt or something, I'll like post a dope picture. And the girl took pity on me. And she's like, I see that you've been a fan of ours since 2013. So as a thank you, we're going to send you a beanie. And they did send me a beanie. And that was very nice. But they didn't ask for a picture. They're, They're like, like uh, keep your picture. <laughs> need. Thanks. No Don't need. even. No need to tag us. Thanks, but no thanks. So <laughs> embarrassing. Oh, my that God. Is a, I didn't even know that story. That's great. Desperation is welcome with pop apologists, truly. We are just desperate gals, and we probably will be till the day we die. It's just, it's a state of mind. It's a state of being. We embrace it. It's true. It's true. Just, yeah. Okay, speaking of being cheap and discount codes, Chandler, I have to tell you about $39 massage in Orem, Utah. What? Okay. Not in Provo? Not in Provo. As we were, when we were staying with Courtney, I went to get a massage. I, could, I wanted to tell the story on the pod, but then I got, it was eclipsed by my wedding story, but I still think it deserves its, you know, its day in the sun. Okay. I haven't so, even heard this. Okay. Chandler. I look up, um, you know, I want to get a massage and I see one massage place advertises $39 for a 60 minute massage for new clients. And it's a chiropractic office. And I was just sold. Immediately sold. I have certain friends who will pay $300 to get a massage at five-star resorts and spend the whole day at the pool and the whole day going from amenity to amenity. That's not my massage mentality. I want to pay between like $40 and $70 maximum for an hour. And so anyway, when I saw 39 that was right in my ballpark. Okay. So I made an appointment. I go and Wait, I hold there. on. You said it was for new members only. Did you like sign up like you had back issues and you needed to have a consultation? Be honest. No, it wasn't new members. It was new clients only. Still sounds like something you need a consultation for, but go it on. It might have even just said $39 first time only or something. I don't know. Anyway, I didn't sign any sort of contract or deal. I just know that I went in, they gave me a massage for $39. Okay. Okay. So I go and the chiropractor signed me in, signs me in. First of all, it's in this very, very, um, everyone who's familiar with Provo or Provo adjacent architecture. It's in this like 70s brick building where it has not been updated since the late 70s. It's basically behind Target and Aura. Okay. It's just kind of this, you know, it's a very, very uh, diminutive office, sure. shall I say. So it's almost in a basement. So anyway, I go into the office. The guy motions to me, here's your massage therapist. Great. I go in and I am on the table. She comes in. She starts giving me a massage. And she she says, oh, sorry about the music. And the music playing, which I hadn't even really noticed until that point. But then she mentions it. And it's the Beatles. So it's not, you know, I'm generally accustomed to, like, deep ocean sounds. Right. Rocks. Or over water. Enya, water over rocks. <laughs> some sort of, like, Enya mm-hmm. radio. Mm-hmm. And no, we've foregone the ocean waves for the yellow submarine of the Beatles' best day. Yeah. And she goes, sorry about the music. That's all they had. And I looked in the corner and it was an iPhone. So I just, I thought, this is all they had. I'm 100% positive it's like, not all there's access this to is all, on that iPhone. This is all the internet had for the day. The Beatles. <laughs> Sorry. But you know what? I'm thinking I'm here. I'm getting a $39 massage. I'm not here to complain. I'm here to be touched reluctantly by another person. That's oh, it. I hate okay. that. Really? Does that sound inappropriate or something? Yeah. Touched reluctantly? What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'm going to leave it in. I didn't mean it that way. People. Listeners weigh in. Know. Does touched reluctantly I'm, sound weird? I'm paying for someone to touch me. That's all there is. to. That's it's what a, a massage is. baby. Okay. But anyway, I'm not there to be a diva. 
So then she's massaging me and she just starts like making these sounds and she's like, mm, mm. you know, okay. Two months later. Oh, no. And I'm just like, <gasps> so after three more moans of dismay, I finally say, is there a problem? Oh yeah. There's a lot of problems. <laughs> she's, that's what she says to me. And I go, really? She goes, yep. You have what I'd call issues in the tissues. And I say, is that the medical term? What? <laughs> she tells me that I have issues in the tissues. I sound like I'm making this up. I wish I was. She says, I have issues in the tissues. And she goes, it's really, really, really bad. She she proceeds to tell me that my tissues are so problematic that I'm going to require three massages a week for at least six months until I'm rehabilitated and can go down to one a week. Okay. And she's convincing. Hold on. She, she didn't actually convince you're me. You're going to need three $39 massages. Three $39 massages so, until you're. No, I don't get the first time oh, rate. That's right. no, she tells me three massages a week for six months. Okay. And then I will be rehabilitated to the point where I can start going down to one a week. Okay. Wow. There's she light goes, at the end you, of the tunnel. She, goes, <laughs> <laughs> so then she says, you know, a lot of people are like you. They don't know they have all these problems. And she says, and then one day they go and they reach for a glass in the upper part of their cabinet and boom, their knee blows out and they need to get a knee replacement. <laughs> Wait, what does your knee have to do with your tissue? Wasn't she, is she massaging your kneecaps? Because that's wrong. No, she was massaging my like shoulders. I was so confused by the whole situation. And so I, I'm like, oh, yeah, definitely. I probably should do that. But she was like, oh, you really need to. You really need to. You can't afford not to. And I'm like, okay, okay. So then I kind of, the conversation dies away after her dire warnings. And then she has the gall to ask me, have you ever seen The Love Show by the Beatles in Las Vegas? <laughs> like no I haven't she goes she goes ah oh, it's too bad it's a feast for the senses <laughs> and you're like please don't say feast for the senses while you're touching my body that's when her whole like story about that the iPhone only having the Beatles on it I think really became completely not believable to me right but that was my that was the extent essentially of my massage Wow. A feast for the eyes. A feast for the senses. Sorry, feast for the senses. Excuse me. So if you want to hear best of the Beatles tracks and be threatened with a knee replacement, I highly recommend a $39 massage in Orem, Utah. Put the, put the link in the show notes, Lauren. Honestly, you can just Google Orem massage and it'll come up in Google. Wow. Amazing. Truly. I, people I, should know by now we don't have I think show notes. We're I think, too lazy. I think that's a small price to pay for a $39 massage. If you will. I just, I couldn't believe she thought I was that dumb to think that I'm going to need to get my knee replaced because I didn't get enough massages one day. I just love the fact that she's just like making all of these like grunts and sighs and that you're basically supposed to be like, are you okay? And then she's going to be like, well, you're not. <laughs> like that's her strategy. Is something wrong? Oh yeah. A lot of problems. <laughs> what? <laughs> You've got issues in the tissues. Woo. Amazing. Yep. Okay, well, beyond being brocos, is there anything else you want to discuss this evening? There is one thing, one more thing I'd like to come clean about. Oh, no. Not even come clean. I just want to get it out to the op- in the open so that I don't have to just, like, hold on to this uh, truth anymore. I can give it over to the listeners, and I can be shared for better okay. or for worse. Okay, we're all listening with bated breath. At this point in my life, I'm not terribly religious. That being said... I have a thing for hot religious music. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Somewhere along my transition out of faith, I fell into loving hot Christian music. What's hot Christian music? Okay, this is how I define hot Christian music. And there's really only two artists that I know of that are hot Christian music. So Sam Hunt. Do you have you ever listened to Sam Hunt, Lauren? He's a pop country star. Never once. He has some songs he has a song called sinning with you and i'm just gonna read you some of the lyrics to the song sinning with you by sam Sin- hunt sinning Sin- with you. I, okay I, i'm sorry but i'm actually already a little tingly what i yeah it's called okay raised in the first pew that's the first line 
I almost want to play it. I wish we could play it. Anyways, he talks about raising the first pew, praises for Jesus, case of a small town repression. Your body was baptized, so disenfranchised. I was your favorite confession. Cut to the chorus. Okay. I, I never felt like I was sinning with you. Always felt like I could talk to God in the morning. I knew that I would end up with you. Always felt like I could talk to God in the morning. If it's so wrong, why did it feel so right? If it's so wrong, why did it never feel like sinning with you? Wow. <laughs> uh, it's a little Bill Withers. If, I don't if it feels this good, if it feels this good being bad, then keep on doing it anyway. Um, <laughs> wow. Oh, I've, I've got one Jenna. more lyric. Okay. I know what it feels like crossing the line, but I never felt shame, never felt sorry, never felt guilty touching your body. His grace and your grace felt like the same place to me. What? <laughs> Yes. They're playing this on Christian radio. That's like, that's seriously is, sacrilegious. It's literally, but you have to listen to it. It's actually not, it's like, it's so hot. I can't explain it, but I, I think you need to listen to Sam Hunt and see how hot Sam Hunt is. Truly, Sam Hunt is one of the most like gorgeous men of all time. Please I mean, look him up. Just look him up right now. There's just also something so sexy about a God-fearing Christian man. Yes, this is, it goes back to Dr. Phil. Oh. Tim McGraw. It's like all of these men, I just got the chills. I just literally, by listing off those two names, I gave myself the chills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's just something about a strong man going to church every Sunday, getting out of his truck, going into church, right. sitting next to his mama. I called mama. Just thinking about that Tim McGraw song. It is, it checks a box in such a mighty fine way. I can't like, I can't even like really articulate how hot it is to me. The trouble is that we could never actually date anyone like that because we can't actually relate to them. We're like right. just way too jaded and cynical. Yeah. Those people also wear MAGA hats. Yeah. But there's the, the caricature in our mind of the God-fearing, wife-loving, just gorgeous Christian man. Right. It, it'll stand the test of time in my own mind. Right. Definitely. I mean, I think it brings us back to the type that you coined that I've stolen fully that I'll admit to. I didn't realize I stole it until you told me that I stole it, but I'll admit to that. Lauren and I both have a special affinity for what we call liberal cowboys. Mm -hmm. And like they just check a box in just such a fine way. Well, they check the box and all, all fantasy figures do. Right. Given that they don't exist. So they're, they exist in the realm of fantasy, not reality. Okay. So this, all of this is to say, that my guilty pleasure was once again awakened when Justin Bieber came out with his song, Holy. Oh, I haven't listened to it. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. It's not as good as even Sam Hunt's hot, hot, uh, hot religious music. Okay. But basically, the music video is like pretty cringy. And I would just encourage everyone to go watch it because it's pretty bad. But we're seeing a full metamorphosis of Justin Bieber before our eyes. Him and Kanye are just going way, way down the religious train. Yeah. The like religious double, rabbit hole. It's, there's nothing wrong with being religious. There's nothing wrong with, even with having your brand be like being religious. Not at it's all. just like I wish interesting. I was. I wish I was. But go ahead. I mean, clearly I wish I could find someone who was. But yeah, Chance the Rapper has done the same thing. Like they've all Kanye, Justin Bieber, Sam Hunt, I suppose you can throw in there. Double down on, okay, now the only songs I'm going to write, the only like work I'm going to do is like God related they all say that right now yeah yeah even justin bieber is all religious yeah i'm pretty sure he just said in his caption for his music video was like this is a new era he's super religious and so is Haley. like Haley's dad alec baldwin's brother is very christian very religious yeah oh so that makes sense that's why they got married so young mm-hmm. gotcha yeah okay Okay, wow. Honestly, I'm a Haley Bieber shipper. I think that she is just stunning, and I actually really enjoy all her paparazzi oh. photos. And there's something about her that is ex- very endearing that I know she's Kendall Jenner adjacent, but she seems to be, I don't know. I, I love like her. her. I think she's actually, her and religion has probably saved Justin Bieber because he was like headed down a dark road. And I just, I, it's also interesting because in the, I feel like I've said interesting a lot uh, during this podcast, so I apologize. It's different in the vid- music video because he had this other music video that was like with Drake and DJ Khaled that was like totally gross and like stupid Hollywood partying that was not religious at all. But Hailey Bieber is like the girl, the love interest in that, or at least she's shown like in an intimate sense with him. 
But in this music video, it's not Hailey Bieber. It's another girl. And yeah. they don't do anything. They don't kiss. They just, like, cuddle. And I wonder if that's, like, a part of their, like, marriage or, like, respect for each other that he's not going to be, like, kissing another woman in a music video. Interesting. Yeah. I could see it. I could see yeah, it. Yeah, totally. They're very in love. I mean, yeah, They are very clearly in love. Very tactile. Yeah. Very physical. Very tactile. Yes. That's a cute it's, couple. No, I love it. I love that word. Yes. Okay, I want to watch the music video. Another item that Chandler, I want to point to your attention. Stassi Schroeder is basically back. Chan, have you watched the interview with Stassi? No, I just saw some headlines about it. Okay, so I watched the Tamron Hall interview. First of all, I, who is Tamron Hall? She's a um, black woman and she has a talk show. But anyway, so she is grilling Stassi and tearing into her and it was like a pretty intense interview and Stassi made some good points and I think what she basically said was like I well basically what she did say was I wasn't racist but I wasn't actively anti-racist and that's what I really regret and I feel like you know I've learned the errors of my ways and she has a racist or not a racist coach but a race coach okay that, like is that she has to do like homework assignments with and checks in with wow Um, cancel culture like at work yeah at work and but I think what's so funny about it is like the interview did not really go that great for her I don't think like she got a lot of negative heat yeah that it seems like she's just it seems as if in her mind she did the interview and now she's back in action like she's posting on her stories Mm -hmm, now mm -hmm. she seems to be back right right so I just think that's fascinating. I, yeah, seeing the headlines, it definitely did not seem like it went in her favor. But I just want to say I'm not a person who's an advocate for cancel culture. If she's doing the work, let's like, let's not be so quick to just erase people from like the world. Well, the world has just shifted so dramatically in the past 10 years. Everyone in their mind knows of something they did five to 10 years ago that they absolutely cringe at now and are just wiser because of the current environment we live in. That thought or that action or that statement that they made in the past just isn't appropriate and is so wrong now. But really, like, just it's just crazy that people are held to today's standards when really five years ago and 10 years ago were just were very different times. Right. We did not have the learnings and the understanding and the, like the widened perspective that like we just have now. Yeah, we don't. I don't think you should hold 2015 or 2010 actions to 2020 standards. I don't know that. Exactly. I don't believe in no repercussions, but I don't think that people should lose everything because they made an because they did something that people now see as off color. Do you have anything else to say on that? No, I am. I mean, oh, Lala is having speaking of Stassi and Vanderpump. Lala is having a girl. Did you see her gender reveal? I saw a clip of it. Do do you know how they actually revealed the gender? Yes, it was someone in a parachute, skydived with a pink parachute. That's really cool. Yeah, it was darling. I'm I'm rooting for them. Excited. I have serious FOMO, and I'm not their friends. I don't even know them. But whenever I see them hanging out in stories, I'm like, wow, they must be having the time of their lives. Always. Freaking Randall just grip big old grin on his face. Oh, just footing the bill of a PJ. Right. So fun. God love him. I think we'll see if Vanderpump even returns to the air. But until then. That's a big question mark. Yeah. Until then, though, you can just keep watching The Crown. And keep listening to Pop Apologists. Keep on listening, listeners. Because we'll be back next Wednesday. Oh, and let us know what you think of our new cover art. Yes. Let us know. I'm so excited. Shout out to Chris, our dear friend guys chris lumaine is my best friend and old roommate and he has tirelessly worked on this new album art also shout out to mario our photographer sammy who styled us our stylist we a whole village was able to make that make this new album art come to fruition and we owe it to them so thank you guys so much thank you thank you thank you truly a team came together yes many hands Um, made this light work (laughs) yes and i guess that's all for this week and that's all but we'll see you again next week see you next week bye bye that's all for now folks don't forget give us a five-star review hit us up on instagram at pop apologists and we will see you next week live every Wednesday.
Do you ever worry about running out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them? Then we've got the perfect podcast for you. I'm Eve Yohalem, and each week on Book Dreams, my co-host Julie Sternberg and I use books to explore fascinating questions, like what happened when a Harvard professor staked her reputation on an alleged gospel of Jesus's wife that turned out to be fake? And how did debut author Tom Lynn save the American Western by blowing it to bits? Are pigeons rats with wings or wonder birds? And what's the who, what, when, where, how, and especially why of books bound in human skin? Recent and upcoming Book Dreams highlights include conversations with Booker Prize-winning author Marlon James, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Catherine Schultz, and Merlin scholar Dr. Laura Campbell. You can listen to Book Dreams wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Beerley and I'm Jennifer Chaikin and we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of the therapy group and hosts of the Shrink Chicks podcast. Every week we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships and burnout, making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psycho babble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist, but don't know how and work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you, because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Hey.